بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome to another edition of the Living the Legacy. It's a weekly program where we look at ways and means in which we can create awareness and we can learn more about ourselves and the world around us. No matter the outcome, you must know that you've done your very best and make tafweed, handing over of your matters to the one who is complete control of our every breath. Take solace in that, for who better than the most gracious, most merciful to handle our affairs? Subhanallah. A beautiful tweet by our guest um, earlier, um, you know, uh, in, the, in the last month. Alhamdulillah. But by the time this program is live, we will say last year. Alhamdulillah, may Allah give us life and health and iman for that year. Our guest today is a student of Hadith and the Muslim, the Human Psyche, a lecturer at the Jamia Al-Ihsan, Nelson R. Mandela School of Medicine, and from the College of Psychiatrists, South Africa, and on the faculty of Khalil Center. Our guest today is Hafiz Maulana Dr. Ibrahim Saidu. Joining us today, Maulana has spent many years in state academic psychiatry and um, he offers online consultations as well. I know after our last program with Maulana on teenagers and depression uh, in 2022, we had many queries asking about that. So we do want to update you, our listeners, and let you know that Maulana does offer online consultation. And later on in the program, we will ask Maulana to share with us how listeners can be in touch uh, to benefit from Maulana's professional services. Maulana is passionate about breaking the stigma around mental health. And today, we're addressing another element on mental health. Maulana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome to Radio Islam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullah khairan barakallahu alaikum for having me. For, for your time, for being with us. When we last spoke in 2022 uh, on a previous topic on depression, we had such, um, such a response from our listeners that it is one of the most outstanding responses in my 20-odd years of radio programs, subhanAllah, that we received. And this just tells us the amount of work that needs to be done, the awareness that needs to be created uh, in our communities, especially our Muslim communities. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant Mawlana the full reward of that awareness that was created uh, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you health and strength to continue doing the amazing work that you are doing. Alhamdulillah. I think just on that note, it echoes and resonates that that would be the response because we in South Africa, especially, um, if the last stats were correct, then we are ranked second in the world for the rate of suicide, um, especially amongst males, uh, with a predominantly male um, uh, number. So it does make sense. And depression worldwide is the leading cause of morbidity, even more than um, diabetes, heart problems, etc. It's a reason for more days of work. It's a reason for more sick days, for more, um, and, and, and a reason to develop other 
mental health disorders and physical ailments. So it makes sense that there would be that um, that that reaction because there's this thirst that needs to be quenched about how we can, um, you know, holistically treat these kind of um, um, conditions and. Um, and what I found is that people don't want to just sit in front of a doctor who's not going to eventually look 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 at you, um, mm. some notes, write a script, and send send you off. You know, they want to be listened, they want to be heard, and mm. and that's really the way to go. Alhamdulillah. So the the, the response from our last program with Malana was varied. We had we had. Parents calling us, um, emailing our radio station. We had youth as well who were saying, well, how do we now bring this up with our parents? Uh, and then we had, and that was very interesting, we had people in different age groups, but mainly young, uh, later teenage years. We had a number of emails from them saying, oh, well, what can we do to be like Maulana doctor. So alhamdulillah, may, may we have more such role models yourself and many others to come where people can see that we can have both the knowledge of our deen and we can also contribute through other forms of specialization. And I think that's something also that our ummah is thirsty for, that, that we need these type of examples. We need role models who say who can show us through practical lived experience that you can be both um, learned and, and understand of your deen and have a good grasp and knowledge of your deen and also at the same time through other career that you wish to pursue be able to do that as a Muslim without needing to be apologetic but be able to serve the ummah and humanity at large when it comes to males and uh, mental health it's often a taboo subject and we know that young boys are told don't cry only girls cry Boys don't cry. And then there's that notion that males should not show emotion. You're meant to be tough. You're meant to be um, strong, so to speak. And I know for me, the first time this hit home was in Sira class and learning about the Sahaba, the male Sahaba, that were crying, whether it was about an ayah of the Quran or Rasul crying at the passing of his of his son Ibrahim. And and all of these stories came up and brought up this pattern that hang on a minute, the best of all creation cried. He did not hold back from his from showing his tears. And then we had Sahaba, great giants that cried and their stories are there in history. But here we are saying males don't cry. Boys don't shed tears, don't show your emotion. So today, Molana, with your with, with the time that you were able to provide us, inshallah, we'd like to take a look at why things need to change and the role that Islam plays when it comes to mental health. So perhaps we could begin by asking Molana first, when it comes to our boys, our sons, our nephews, grandsons, when they reach that puberty, we know we talk about girls becoming moody and PMS, and there's so much of that written and talked about. There's enough, a lot of support happening on that front. But let's talk about boys. How can parents differentiate between moodiness or is it, is it, is it arrogance and the ego coming to the front? Help us navigate that, please, Maulana. So the predominant um, picture in someone who is clinically unwell um, 
whether it be so-called moodiness or um, you know showing up, acting up, things like that, um, would be we look for other markers. So let's look at how is the child sleeping? How is the young boy sleep? Is he sleeping well? Um, if he's sleeping too much or he's sleeping or he's suffering from insomnia, then it's probably not just simple moodiness. It's a little bit more than that. Um, then we need to look at the other um, predominant marker in this uh, area, and that is appetite. Um, is this child eating like you normally would? Or... Uh, is he eating less or too much, comfort eating, things like that. Um, there's a concept called anhedonia. So that's when there's a loss of interest in pleasurable activities. Is this moodiness coupled with that or not? Mm. Um, how's the motivation? How's the drive? So all of those things need to be looked at um, before we can say this is just uh, someone acting up uh, because if those things are present then um, unfortunately we have to then now deal with the reality that this youngster needs some sort of help um, mm -hmm. whether it be in the form of um, as we mentioned the last time there are so many different avenues for help um, it doesn't have to be, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, a psychiatrist, but it, it can be a psychologist, a counselor, uh, a social worker, or someone who's qualified. That's the main thing. Just on that note, um, there's a lot of people out there who are calling themselves um, by various different names um, and titles. I don't know where they're getting this from, but it's scary because... There's no evidence or qualification behind the, the the services that they are offering, and this is taking uh, this is taking advantage of the vulnerable, basically, mm -hmm. because when people are at their lowest of lows, they will do anything to help their loved ones or themselves, and mm -hmm. when we see this primarily not as something to take help with and then maybe yes earn a living from as well but only um to to to, to profit of it i think that's a very scary place that we are heading and there's just so many that are coming up every day so mm -hmm. just just on that note i think you know the 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 professionalism of who we are going to should be rigorously checked before we embark on that journey Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because that's been a big issue that's coming up in terms of integrity of people that are working with those that are vulnerable. Absolutely. Well, Anna, when we look at a lot of the young males and again, that whole notion that, that they may have been fed with from childhood or culturally that, uh, you know, again, males uh, don't show emotions. And so what they do is that's not kept inside. It's bottled up. And it's all those emotions are not talked through, they're not expressed in any form. Uh, it may seem obvious, but I think maybe we need to speak this out uh, so that we can we can find a way forward. Why does the stigma about males not showing their emotion need to be broken now? And for parents listening in, 
how can we move forward in ending the sort of thinking, stopping it now with this generation of us or our children? Because basically what's happening is we are essentially just perpetuating what was happening for decades, right? For decades we've been told that it is shameful for a man to cry, you don't show your emotions, you are strong, stand up straight, um, you know, all of those things. And I think, I think if we can break that stigma around the shame, there should be no shame. Um, there should be no, um, I'm too, um, of too much of a man to seek mental health assistance. And when a man is reaching out, don't reprimand him for doing so. Rather, praise him for his courage in, um, in, in, in seeking help, in asking for help. I think that's very important. Uh, the, the, the stigma, this great wall of stigma needs to be broken down. Brick by brick, even if it takes us years, uh, we need to do that. And, um, you know, I think it's everyone's responsibility. Uh, if we don't only give our child attention when they fractured their arm or when they have the flu, but if someone is suffering from anxiety, which is invisible, I think that's where, that's where the stigma really lies, is when, um, when there's this uh, invisibility to mental health issues and um, the, 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 it's almost a silent sickness. So it's not shown, it's not heard of, it's not displayed physically. And so, therefore, we don't want to acknowledge it. I think that's where the problem lies. The moment we make it something that we talk about, and we make it, we open up the topic, say, at the dinner table. How is your day? How are you feeling? If you want to talk to uh, mom or dad later on in the day uh, or in the evening, um, come, to our, come to us. Speak to us rather than going to the wrong avenues, rather than resorting to, for example, using substances. Um, rather come to us to, ha to ask for help and to discuss your issues than, uh, than these other things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're very grateful to have you with us as we break down this wall of stigma. And like I said, no matter how long it takes, let's be part of the solution and not the problem. Molina, when it, when it comes to the Sira, we touched on that briefly in the introduction. Perhaps you could take us through with more detail on that. Maybe sharing with us a story from the Sira of Nabi Muhammad Wasallam, where he had displayed his emotions. Um, and, and, and we know that's now written down in history. That until the end of time, people will read about that. Um, and that's just so profound when we think about it. Um, could Mulana take us down the lane of history, please? So, when you look at our beloved Rasul Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he experienced many losses throughout his life. And he was sent as a human being to us so that an old prophet were in fact sent as human beings and not, not as angels. Because 
Allah Ta'ala wanted us to, wanted them to resonate with the people that they are being sent to and with the feelings that they might be going through and the emotions that they might be going through. So he experienced a lot of losses, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, throughout his life. And he taught us that grief is a real and, and it's a natural emotional response. He manifested this grief on different occasions. And this demonstrates the permissibility of showing our feelings of sadness um, when, for example, we suffer a loss. Once when visiting a uh, Sikh Sahabi um, uh, by the name of Sa'd ibn Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala, um, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was accompanied by some of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum and he began to cry. And when the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum saw this, their tears also started coming out. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Do you not know Allah ta'ala does not punish for the shedding of tears, for the grief of the heart, but punishes or bestows mercy for the utterances of this. And he then... Um, made indication towards his tongue. So it's very important to distinguish between grief, um, sorrow, depression, and what we say with regards to taqdeer. Consider mm-hmm. that the historians call that one entire year in the life of the Rasul as Amul Huzn, the year of grief. In this year, he lost both his beloved uncle Abu Talib, who protected him to such an extent, but didn't leave this world, unfortunately, with Iman. And we can just imagine, here is the greatest of all of Allah Ta'ala's Anbiya, alayhi salatu wassalam. Here is the greatest one of them, who has come with this final message. And someone so dear to him has not accepted it. Can we imagine the grief? I mean, there might be listeners out there whose family members are not Muslims. And they might be feeling this grief, knowing this grief. Imagine now if one of the closest people to you who provided you with shelter, who protected you from the evils of the Quraysh, who gave you um, protection under their name, has now passed away without Iman, without the very message that that he had been sent with, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So in that one year, together with that, he lost his beloved wife, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. Um, very soon was, uh, before this was, watching his entire um, tribe suffer poverty, hunger, um, as the Banu Hashim was bo- uh, boycotted um, uh, by the by the, uh, the evil people of Makkah Mukarrama um, to, um, to, uh, to, to the valley due to the Prophet wasalam, refusing to stop spreading the message of Islam. So this was another loss. And then he mm-hmm. lost about six, 
around their uh, infants, in the infancy. And we found that we find that when um, his son Ibrahim, والسلام, was in his final illness, um, he came to him again with a group of companions and he began to cry. And the companions asked, Wa anta ya Rasulullah? And even you, O Rasulullah, even you, are they were astonished that even you are now displaying this type of emotions? And he said, Yes, I am human, and this is a mercy from Allah Ta'ala. This is a rahmah from Allah Ta'ala. So, these are some of the um, the, 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 the losses that Rasulullah endured and what, how he expressed them is very important. He didn't invalidate the experience. Um, he didn't disacknowledge the experience. He showed them what, or showed us essentially what a human being will go through. Um, there's a famous dua um, the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he might have, we might have mentioned it the last time but the beginning of this dua which appears in Sahih Bukhari Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to constantly make this dua that Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wa al-hazan Allah I seek refuge in you from worry, grief, anxiety, fear, sorrow all of these things why would he do that if it wasn't reality? Why would he ask for refuge from it if it wasn't a reality? So we really need to get away from this thinking that there's no place in Islam for um, feeling down, feeling low, feeling depressed because we've been taught um, the Sunnah du'as, the Muslim du'as to, to, to recite um, and uh, surahs to recite when, when feeling Ill, Ill or grieved or sorrowful we were only taught that because it is a reality it is going to happen mm -hmm. so that's just a glimpse of some of the lessons from the seerah with regards to um, mental health and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and I think so much more for us to learn from that. I, I'm just deeply moved by that, that this is just how perfect Islam is. It gives us everything we need to be able to navigate this dunya, even how to navigate our our, our hardships and our sadness, subhanAllah. Modern, um, when it comes to Islam and in our faith-based communities, we hear this very often. If a person is experiencing uh, depression, uh, anxiety, um, any type of um, clinically proven, uh, you know, meaning by the doctor or specialist, mental disorder, uh, you, people often will say it's because their iman is weak, or maybe they have sihr or jadu or nazar, uh, and and you are in this unique position of having the. Uh, the, the mental health uh, expertise and having the Islamic studies, the Sharia, how do we navigate this as a community? In some cases, it can very well be uh, a spiritual affliction. In other cases, it may not be. How do we draw uh, 
balance? Where do we, how do we approach this, Maulana? So definitely, um, it is our belief that the evil eye is true. These things are there. Um, they, they, uh, they will afflict certain people from time to time. But I think we become so absorbed in it and so sucked up in it that it really consumes our every second of every day whenever something is going wrong. Um, and that's, that, that's when we know that we are out of balance, is when we are not choosing a balanced approach, but rather we're blaming everything on, on these beliefs. Um, so, yes, the assistance of uh, scholars who are well-versed in these afflictions, spiritual maladies, should be sought, but at the same time, um, and even they will advise you sometimes that you need professional mental health help as well. So I think it's very important that uh, a good balance is brought, is brought up. Not too much that everything is yes, needs medication or everything um, mm-hmm. uh, or nothing is uh, spiritual. Uh, a lot of it, we, I mean, there's... When we talk about spiritual illnesses, there are many different ones. Of course, we know that there are different maladies to which we may go to a mentor for to to, to get rid of. But I think what we're referring to here is um, uh, illnesses in terms of where we now saying, um, for example, um, a person is possessed or um, uh, there's... Uh, a person is suffering from the evil eye. Yes, they are those things, but they are also the antidotes for those um, afflictions. If we are constant with our morning and evening du'as, surahs, um, azkar, all of these things, then with yaqeen, then we know that nothing can touch us uh, besides what Allah Ta'ala wants to afflict us. So I think that that really needs to be ingrained in in um, in 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 our children as they are growing up, and not this culture of yeah, you know, they are out to get us. So this one is out to get us. It's really bordering on paranoia of of some sort. So I think you know uh, that that culture needs to be erased, and a culture of a more balanced approach needs to be adopted. Inshallah. So glad that Mark brought that up. Uh, well, we'll just pause the recording as in the engineers will hear this. I'll cut this part out. We uh, aware that we start, delayed Molana to start. Does Molana have time for two more questions or would Molana sure. prefer to... Barakallah. You can just write down the time so our engineers know. Okay. Um, okay. Resuming recording now. Um when it comes to so we talked about started off talking about the teenagers or the the young the men young boys um I know this is not something we had planned to ask and if when well, I forgive us if we have each other to ask this question we have many of our young boys sons nephews doing hips and uh while a lot of focus is on the method how to learn your sabak your door 
how to uh, make sure, you know, all of this, we, we focus on the method of learning, how to revise, all of that. Uh, our mothers, may Allah bless them, are so um, conscientious of, have you had your badam? Are you drinking water? Are you resting? These are all important factors. And you mentioned a very important term at the start of today's uh, interview, the holistic approach. From a mental health perspective, what advice would Maulana, who is also Hafid, alhamdulillah, be able to give mothers or children who are doing hiv? Um, how can we support our sons who are memorizing Quran, who may feel overwhelmed, who may want to pause with their hiv because it's quite strenuous, but they don't know how to approach their family? Uh, any advice for our young budding Hufas, please? So often... First of all, congratulations to you and your family for Allah Ta'ala having chosen you for this very noble task. Um, to make dua that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala makes it easy for all who are memorizing the Quran. This is really a great achievement and accomplishment, even if um, it takes forever. I, I often say to people that even if it means scaling down a bit on 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 the amount but the quality mm-hmm. is there that's more important than quantity um, remember if your child approaches you and they want to maybe take a break or they um, need to maybe do a little bit less than normal don't make it an issue of conflict don't um, uh, you know, reprimand them. Don't um, uh, make it an issue of where we now contact uh, the teacher and, you know, tell them, no, they have to do it in this way and etc. Listen to your child. Listen to wh- why they are saying what they are saying. Because inadvertently, we might be um, making them not like, and not like doing what, what they are doing. Um Whereas if we are fostering an attitude of, um, mashallah, you've done so much so far, and if you want to um, go a little bit slower, that's fine. As long as you're not giving up completely, because this can be a life's journey. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that that's very important to know that. Um, we hear stories now of, you know, people in their 90s completing the Hibs al-Quran. So it's really not something that is new. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala and most of them were adults when the Quran was revealed. Um, mm-hmm. And then memorized it. So, you know, it really is not, yes, alhamdulillah, the, 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 the mechanisms, the facilities are there for youngsters to start now. And the emphasis is there. But remember that this is a lifelong journey and that if your child wants to um, take a break or take it a little bit slower, allow them that space. Inshallah, such wonderful advice for the parents and the students who are memorizing Quran. May Allah make it easy for everyone. Ameen. Um, we are going to share with you details, listeners, on how you can be in touch with uh, with doctor, how you can benefit from doctor's professional services that are available online. We do have uh, listeners uh, 
throughout South Africa, but also many listeners in other parts of the world, Australia, New Zealand, um, uh, North America, the UK as well, listening in. Uh, we will share more of those details with you in a bit. Uh, Molina, as we prepare to draw to a close, we may have brothers listening in or family members who are reaching out to the males in their family, their sons, their husbands. Uh, you know, what, what would the first step be? Someone who's ready to say, I need, I need professional help. Um, where do they start? Do you go to a GP first? Do you go directly to a psychiatrist? Take us through a bit of that route. Where do we start? So we want, uh, we want uh, first of all, we want to be treated by people who are, who have, and I mean, of course, not everyone would have has studied Dean, um, you know, uh, in the way that um, uh, you referred to earlier. Uh, in terms of my own personal training, um, but we want wholesome practitioners to be to be treating someone who is vulnerable at that point, because remember at that point that person has reached their very lowest um, for them to be asking and reaching out for help. So we want people who will not, um, you know, give directions or advice that are. Contrary to Deen, contrary to um, Islam, and I think um, that that should be looked for. So, yes, we can start at a family doctor level, um, and then if they deem appropriate, then they can refer to um, either a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or an occupational therapist, so whatever is whatever is needed. Um, that's one way. The other way is, um, I mean, today's social media is so, is so um, uh, you know, so impactful. Um, so, you know, use, use the tool instead of um, misusing it or abusing it. Um, there's a lot of good accounts that you can um, use as that come up on your feed. Um, do not become cyber addicted, but because that's another problem now. But um, but rather things that are motivational, that are encouraging, uh, um, that are focused on Muslim mental health more. I think that's that that's the way to go. Um, as far as myself, um, you can uh, find me on Instagram at. Dr. Ibrahim Seda, that's E-B-R-A-H-I-M-S-A-D-E-R, um, or you could email me at Dr. E-B-S-A-D-E-R at gmail.com, um, and um, I will respond to you, and uh, on on the uh, Instagram page, you will find more details about my practice. Um, you will also find testimonials from patients. It's very difficult actually to get um, mental health testimonials. People often will speak about um, the infusion that they got, the drip that they got, or uh, the, the aesthetic um, um, lift that they got. But um, they often won't speak about mental health because it's something that we don't want others to know. So there are a few patients who have um, uh, done anonymous testimonials, and you can read their 
um, what the experience was and what um, what 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 difficulties they faced and how we helped them overcome that. And with Allah Ta'ala's help, of course, at the end of the day, uh, because he is a Shafi, a Kafi, and we try to instill this, that uh, I am just a means. We are just a means and st- that Allah Ta'ala, we hope, uses us to uh, to alleviate the suffering of others. Amen, amen. So the email address is at ebsadcr at gmail.com? Yes, with a dr at the front. Okay, so d-r-e-b-s-a-d-e-r at gmail.com. That's correct. And the Instagram account handle is e-b-s-a-d-e-r. No, that, that is at Dr. Ibrahim Seda, E-B-R-A-H-I-M, S-A-D-E-R. Alhamdulillah. So listeners, if you haven't been able to get that, you can always contact the women's department at the radio station, ask for Sister Mumtaz, our producer, and then she will give you the details, whether it's the email address or the social media handles that you wish to uh, get in touch with Dr. Shaw. Um, Doctor, in terms of your online consults, are these limited, restricted just to um, South Africans or does it apply to people worldwide? Um, Anybody contact me. Um, okay. We live in a global village now, so anyone in contact, yes. Okay, so listeners, if you'd like to get in touch with Dr. for the online consults, then social media is one place to, to, to stay updated. The tweets are so inspiring as well. Um, and uh, if it's for consults, then the gmail.com account uh, address uh, through that. Uh, Molena, are there any last words that you'd like to conclude yes, with just today? Just on the... the, the Twitter is, uh, you'll find me, you can just search Ibrahim Seda and you will find that, um, you'll find me on Twitter as a mostly tweet about um, hadith and, um, and and mental health. Um, yeah. I think just to, just to, just to sum up, mm. for men, there's no reason to feel ashamed. It's, an, it's ill and sick, not shame. So mm. let's replace the vocabulary. And let's do that from a home level, from the time our youngsters are at home, um, so that when they do need the help, even if they are adults, they will reach out for their help. Um, I think that's important. And uh, remember, it doesn't make you any less of a man. Um, If you do seek mental health assistance, it doesn't make you any less of a husband, of a father. In fact, if you can embed, better yourself, empower yourself, enrich yourself, mm-hmm. it will become um, a means of you becoming a better role model to your family. So I think let's look at it from those lenses. As always, such refreshing perspective, lots of clarity, um, cool, practical information, and lots of uh, Islamic upliftment. Uh, Dr. Jazakumullah Khair, uh, you are really a gem to the Ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you with health, with afia, use you for the service of Amen. the Ummah and humanity at large. And we are very grateful for your time, your patience today, um, and your expertise on a topic that many of us needed to hear more about and learn from. Wa Jazakumullah Khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullah Khair wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
We've been speaking to Dr. Ibrahim Saidur. And Dr. One of the tweets we're going to leave you with listeners on this is a tweet that went out in October of last of, of 2022, but still is relevant regardless of the context being about exams. And Molana had tweeted, um, as we are advised, if feeling despondent at any point before, during or after a paper, immediately resort to the most potent emotional tranquility. Salawat and salam upon our noble Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This will bring an immediate calming effect. So while this was treated with regards to the exams and I think perhaps the matric exams, this is a gem and something that we can all you know, bring into our lives. And may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala make us of those whom constantly, frequently send salam and salat upon Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We were speaking to and learning more about the mental health from the perspective of males and how uh, Mawlana and Doctor is advocating for us to break the stigma around mental health, a subject that has been taboo. We say has, it is in the past tense because we want to move forward and release ourselves of that stigma, break that stigma. And we hope this program has helped you to do that as well. We come back after the break and continue with the program. Do stay with us. Alhamdulillah. Before the break, we were speaking to Molana Dr. Ibrahim Seder. Molana is an Islamic scholar and a psychiatrist based in South Africa and talking to us about mental health perspective for males and how to break the stigma that we have this on this what we call a taboo subject where we don't um, uh, we don't talk about mental health, emotions, feelings, and males, uh, but that it's something that we associate only to women. But what happened as a result of that? is that our sons, husbands, brothers, nephews, fathers um, then uh, feel unsafe or feel judged for talking about how they feel. And so it's really important that we start today and we break that stigma. Uh, Maulana gave some interesting and very practical advice, something as simple as talking to our sons or nephews, grandsons, and just letting them know that, that it's okay to speak to us, that they can ask us, that they can talk to us, that their door of communication is open. And the more we do that, then that will allow for them to feel safer speaking and communicating how they feel. Maulana also advised and reminded us, as he did previously, but again, this is so important, making it a habit to read our morning and evening surahs, du'as, afkar. That should be really, um, you know, an essential, no compromise. No matter how busy we are, no matter how tired we are, no matter whatever's going on in our lives, we must, must ensure that we are reading our morning and evening of Qur and our du'as. Really, we have no excuse. They are available in book form, PDFs, apps. Uh, on YouTube, the audio that you can read along with. So whether you are listening and reading along or reading from the kitab, from the PDF, from the app, um, there really is no excuse. That should be so important and that's something we need to emphasize for ourselves as adults, but also for our youth, that that habit should always be there, those protection du'as. Um, and that's really important and can fend off paranoia as well. So yes, in some instances, as Molana said, it can be spiritual maladies and afflictions. In other instances, it may be medical and that balance is needed. But we need to make the effort. We need to do what needs to be done. That includes reading our morning and evening surahs, afkar, du'as. And at the same time, ensuring that we keep the doors open for communication with our family, with our loved ones, with the males um, in our families. And he gave us, Molana gave 
gave us beautiful examples from the seerah of Nabi Muhammad وسلم, from the Sahaba and how they um, they, they, they um, express their emotions. And so it is not doesn't make a person less of a male, less of a father, son, brother, uncle, uh, to seek out uh, mental health uh, attention um, and and um, uh, and to be able to express the emotions and if there's any way that we start breaking that stigma it starts with us in our homes in our schools in our communities letting it be a safe space for both males and females to express how they feel to talk about their feelings and not to have to swallow it up and that we break away from this very um, stereotypical that boys don't cry or boys don't show the emotions so that it makes them weaker when I want Muhammad Sallallahu himself showed his emotion and expressed that emotion but always in a state of rida to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Well, and I'll also emphasize the point that when, when we are in our vulnerable state of seeking out help for ourselves or loved ones, let us ensure that we are going to people who are um, who are ethical and that we're seeking out that on the highest level of ethics. So make sure that whether we are seeking out a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, psychologist, we're seeking mental health practitioners, that they are qualified in what they do and that uh, they are able to support us through that journey, inshallah. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very easy for one and all, whoever is uh, going through any difficult season in life, May Allah make it easy for you. May Allah make it easy for your loved ones. And remember uh, to reach out for help if you need that. If you'd like the contact details of our guests today on the program, Maulana and Dr. Ibrahim Seder, you can always reach out to the women's desk or the reception at Radio Islam and ask to be put in touch uh, with Sister Mumtaz, our producer, who can share those details with you. Or you can email us, hana at radioislamlive.com and we can forward you those details of our guests today. Until we meet again in a future program, Jazakumullah khairan for listening in and Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.